This podcast is brought to you by Most Valuable Podcasts, leading the league in podcasting entertainment. Welcome, ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages. This is a Fast Break Podcast. I'm your host, Sean Anderson. Alongside me, as always, is Ricky Wimmer. What's up, what's up, guys? And Dave Oster. Hey, everybody. And today, we are talking about the wettest boys of them all. We're also talking about Jason Kidd getting canned. I called it. I've called everyone being fired, but I've also called it. I mean, we all thought it was going to happen at the end of last season, but okay. Half a season short is okay. Did we? I, I, feel thought like, was, I thought it was going to happen. Did we say it after the offseason was going to get fired? No. I thought, I'm pretty I sure for about a year and a half now, Milwaukee's been signing that he should be uh, fired. Mm-hmm. I mean, we've we've said that it. before on the podcast. I don't yeah. know if we're saying it after the, the playoff loss or during the offseason. No, I me, this is me personally. Mm. thought that they should have mm. done it during gotcha. the offseason. So you, we have no proof of you actually saying that. Yeah. Well, oh, if you want to okay. go back through the archives. <laughs> I, mean, do you have, I mean, I don't think we've talked about the Bucks that much. Anyways. Show me a clip. No clip. No, we, don't no, no, we don't have the editing power for that. Um, we also then are going to welcome on Jake for the Cleveland Cavaliers talk. We're talking mm-hmm. is at the end for LeBron James in Cleveland. And then finally, we're going to wrap it up and talk about Kawhi Leonard and should the Spurs trade Kawhi. Before we do that, though, we got to do a little bit of housekeeping. If you're listening on Block Talk Radio, huge shout out to you. We love you over there. If you're listening on iTunes, please rate us five stars. And if you're li- watching on YouTube or you're listening on Block Talk Radio, head over to iTunes. Rate us five stars over there. We appreciate it. We love the support. You guys rock. And then also check out mostvaluablepodcast.com. You can see the new site and you can also find a way to order MVP merch. There's also uh, at least directions in the description down below. And also, are we still doing the survey? This is the last week for the survey. Last week for the survey. Check the description. We are doing an MVP survey. Um, We want to get your feedback. We want to improve. For you guys listening at home, we want to be the best MVP we can be. We're making New Year's resolutions. New Year, new MVP. So let's jump into it. We're talking about the dampest dudes. We're talking about the soggy shooters. We are talking about the wet boys. Ricky, who is your wet boy of the week? Has this guy ever been on Wet Boys before? I don't I think, think he has Dame been has. a one. Because when I, I can't kept remember. it, Damian Lillard PNG, it came up right away. He so might have been he early might in have the been year. One, so it's probably before I, I came back to do Wet Boys. Yes. But yeah, it's Damian Lillard, 29 points. Like The thing for me is the 58% from the field and the 60% from three. This guy is an all-star this year. Complain that he's been a snub yep. in years past, but he's like, you know what? I got that all-star treatment. I'm going to show you guys that I deserve to be an all-star. No matter what Russ says, I don't care that PG 13 is not in the game. <laughs> I am. And he was going off this week, Dave. Yeah, I mean, credit to you. Uh, or credit to Dame. Uh, I mean, he has been nothing Ricky but Ricky didn't do shit. <laughs> Ricky, I just give him props. Watch. I'm giving Ricky the credit for giving him props. <laughs> okay. That's fair. Yeah. Uh, Dave, who is your wet boy of the week? My wet boy of the week is Andre Drummond. Uh, really just for one game, essentially. But, I mean, if you average out stats, it's still a phenomenal week. He is getting every goddamn board on the f- on the court. I almost said field. Every, <laughs> every board on the field. Um, no, honestly, he's just been down. He's had a great year. He, he is now one of the best passing bigs. His free throw percentage has increased to, like, 25% or something crazy. Like, he has put it all together and, like, I know coming into the year, we were really worried. And, like, I was like, I'm not buying into him. Last year, I was all hyped on him. I'm like, prove it to me. And he has just been nothing short of phenomenal. Unfortunately, it, his team sucks. It's kind of like how me and the NFL side. I was all in on the Jaguars. And then this year, I'm like, no, you got to prove yeah, it to me. And then they same. finally did. It's, it's one of those years. <laughs> well, and shout out to Anthony, too. Early on in the season when we started Wet Boys, he said Toby should have been a Wet Boy. And I said, no, German's the wettest boy on that team. But he yeah. hasn't gotten the honor yet. It's his first honor. I think it's also Dame's honor. I look okay. back through the archives. As oh. much as 
I could possibly did. I just searched mm-hmm. Wet Boys on our YouTube channel, and nothing popped up. So I believe this is Dame's well, first time. Well, you put time. them all in the thumbnail. Yeah, this is Andre Drummond's first time, and this is my guy's first time as well. Uh, I believe also our first Denver Nugget as Jamal Murray is my Wet Boy of the Week. Uh, since January 19th, he's averaged 29 points per game, five total rebounds per game, four assists per game, but Jamal Murray was absolutely lighting it up, 61% from the field and 58% from three. Had some athletic dunks as well. Yeah. Really nice performance from Jamal Murray. We we, we, we raved about him. Uh, what He had 97 out of 100 uh, threes, threes yeah. in that Boston Celtics tryout. I remember having a ton. <laughs> I think we talked about him being the number one overall pick uh, back in that draft as well. Um, crazy performance so far from Jamal Murray. Big shout-outs to that damp dude out in Denver. And also, just real quick, you might have noticed the shirt. I'm going <laughs> to oh, give a shout-out oh. to another Hell wet boy yeah. on, this, uh, on this panel, Ricky Widmer. He, he got us some Christmas gifts, the MVP guys. We, we appreciate him. So uh, you're a wet boy as well, Ricky. We should put you in the thumbnail. I, I, I would yep. almost say show him the back, but, I mean, blog talk radio. Audio listeners can't well, see it's, it. Well, it's Serge Ablaka. He's, he's, <laughs> one of the, he's one of the 11. He's one of the 11. The original 11. Uh, the original 11 yep. that the Orlando Magic got trashed on in that video, and that spawned so many great Memories uh, in MVP's history, but no we, memes yet. It was no our, Orlando oh, Magic memes from straight you. up. Well, but I mean, That's like actual like internet, like with the we got to work on that. We, shit, okay, point. First off, a meme doesn't need to be a picture. Okay, yeah. I'm, think, I'm thinking. Get out of your meme. No, thinking picture and, meme. And picture memes are stupid. <laughs> Outside of the art for the one. The art for the one. There have been quotes and then also and the one phrases. Yeah, it's a meme. Yeah, straight up. Make a picture. I don't care. We have the video on our, <laughs> on our, on video our, on our Twitter. Anyways, uh, follow us on Twitter, at Most Valuable Pod. Anyways, uh, that is shameless going to plug. wrap up. Uh, well, yeah, of course I'm shameless. We're one of the most followers possible. I tweet out gold every single day, uh, David. But let's move on now. Let's jump into the Milwaukee Bucks uh, talk. And as Alice Cooper says in uh, in Wayne's world, Milwaukee, uh, as, uh, as they used to pronounce it. I think I messed up uh, that pronunciation. But anyways, uh, Bucks fired Jason Kidd. I think it was... Four days ago, three days ago, it was Monday. Is it Monday? Or it seems Tuesday? so long ago. Monday or Tuesday, they fired Jason Kidd, and uh, we again we've talked about this before. We've mentioned that this was not shocking. I, I said it on Twitter. Mm-hmm. We thought he should have been fired. He just looked lost out there, late in game situations, wasn't making the right moves. Makes the move for Giannis to be point guard, but he really doesn't you know call any plays around him. He yeah. doesn't really you know give him the right offense to work in, and this team defensively was one of the worst in the league. There was nothing positive that Jason Kidd was bringing this team outside of the fact that the players liked him. So looking at this, you guys aren't shocked, right? No, it was actually, I'm going to correct myself from Wet Boys, it was two years ago. So after the 2015-2016 season that we were discussing, like, oh, he should probably be fired because they were a 33-win team, fifth in the division, didn't make the playoffs. And then last year happened. Okay. so Fair enough. There you go. But you're not shocked by this? No, not at all. I mean, the thing with Jason Kidd that I look at is I just – it's a simple question. Is he the coach that you envision to win the finals with? The answer is no. So that's why I'm not shocked by this because I didn't see Jason Kidd as the coach – to be there if the Bucks ever win the finals. Well, Dave, you're not shocked by this either. Not and, in a little. And looking at it, I mean, obviously Giannis is a little heartbroken by it, tried to save Jason Kidd's job. Is that worrisome in the fact that your star player, the guy that you're supposed to build your franchise around, the, the, that Milwaukee fans were <laughs> mad at us uh, yelling. Uh, yeah. you know, we were saying that, hey, there's a possibility he might leave when his contract comes up. 
Milwaukee fans got pissed at us for saying, yep. I mean, this is what pushes a star player out, is getting rid of his coach. No, no, and that that's fair, and maybe we might have, you know, gone a little overboard, but to be fair, it was all hypotheticals. It was all hypothetical. But, we weren't saying he's gone. Yeah. We were saying, hey, maybe if this guy who is a freak of nature, who is an absolute <laughs> star in this league, <laughs> wants yeah. to be a, become a bigger star, he shouldn't be playing in Milwaukee, whether if he loves Milwaukee or not, because right. a place like New York, L.A., is going to help you become a star. I'm not yeah. saying, you know, I'm not trying to trash... Milwaukee, but it's Chicago North. I yeah. mean, like that's that's all it is. So and, and so now as getting far rid of as your, this goes, though, now, yeah. but now getting rid of your your at least your, your the, the your player's coach. You know, this is something that could cause a rift between the front office and the player. Yeah, no, I definitely understand. You know where the where he's coming from because this was like his first head coach that he attached to. It was he definitely learned under him, and that's one of the things you can't really knock on him for is player development seemed to go pretty well under him. Mm-hmm. The problem was, you know, like you said, setting his team up for success in game situations, um, knowing how to best use the talent on the court. Uh, well, I don't even know about that. No, I'm saying that's where he lacked. Oh, okay. That, okay. You know, his, his thing was player development. He seemed to understand that here's how I can grow some players and and have them hopefully perform better individually. The problem is he couldn't quite make the pieces fit. He never called the right place. He never set them up in successful situations, um, especially to close out games. So it's it's really kind of disappointing because again that was the main guy that Giannis had the attachment with. Like he was fair, he was really young when he came over, and that's the coach he connected with. So yes, I could see where it's going bad for him. But I think that's every, you know, young player and like their first main head coach that they get stuck with. I think they just have a special relationship. I'm not super worried about Giannis being like, you got rid of my guy. Like, I'm going to fucking, you know, take over the team and go full Mm -hmm. diva on you if you don't bring in the next player's coach guy for me. I think it's more so like, I really wish we would have done this in a better way where I'm not blindsided. He's not blindsided. And like. We maybe you know have have a better better discussion around it. Well, apparently Woj just dropping bombs too quickly, and yeah. Jason Kidd found out through Twitter, or yep. at least Twitter found out before Jason Kidd knew that he was fired. So yeah. I mean, obviously every firing could probably be handled in a better way. Um, but now it's really on Milwaukee's front office to really mend that relationship and make sure Giannis feels right. Um, but now the discussion moves into because they're not going to uh, get rid, they're not going to hire a coach midseason right now. They currently mm-hmm. sit at twenty four and twenty two, mm-hmm. and they have a ten point lead over Brooklyn. Uh, with uh, just getting out of the third quarter, so going into the fourth quarter, they have a ten point lead over Brooklyn. So most likely they're going to be twenty five and twenty two coming out of this Brooklyn game. But uh, what they announced today, I believe, was that they're going to keep interim head coach uh, Joe Prunty uh, on a, uh, through the rest of the season. So they won't be looking for a new head coach until the off season. And people were bringing up, you got to jump on Fizdale right away. You got to jump on. Hey, maybe we bring out uh, David Blatt. Mm-hmm. I mean, there's talks about a new head coach, and this is what the whole discussion is based around is. Um, how do you build around Giannis? And, and let's start at least with the coach and Ricky. Is there a name out there that you think fits no, well with this Milwaukee? There's not an exact team? name that I'm thinking of. And mm-hmm. the thing that I relate it to is I'm going to relate this over to the NFL. Yeah, You're in a L.A. Rams situation Ooh. where, hey, we fired our coach in the middle of the season. Let's vet some guys. And like, let's get the list together yeah. and start doing our homework on some guys while we have the interim head coach doing his job. You basically have a head start. I know last NBA season we were like, really? No one got fired at the end of the season? Yeah, that was shocking. Nobody? Mm-hmm. Like, you and the Didn't Grizzlies. Didn't take long to change. <laughs> you and the Grizzlies are Three the games. only two teams right now that are looking for head coaches at the end Suns, of this year. The Suns. And the Suns. Jay Triano. Yeah. Um, but the main part is vet your guys now. And the reason why I like this firing 
is because if you think back to June of 2016, Mm -hmm. they gave Jason Kidd an extension through the 2019-2020 season. So that would put him where, let's say, you go through that entire extension and then you don't get – then you get rid of him. Then you've got Giannis for one more year before he's a free agent. This way you can say, hey, Giannis, I know you love Jason Kidd, but we're going to bring in a guy who's better for this team – and then hopefully that guy is better. You get one, two, three seasons of him to bond with this coach so that when he is a free agent, he wants to stay rather than, well, fuck this new guy. It's the first year. We're not gelling. I'm gone. Well, and again, I think we all agree that it was the right time. I mean, we, yeah. we probably would have been the right yeah. time last year or, or at least you know, even early on in the season. I mean, mm-hmm. Jason Kidd did nothing spectacular on the court. He, he, yep. he didn't do anything scheme-wise, offensively and defensively. Except for bumping Miss- into people with... Well, that was that now. was Brooklyn days. Yeah, that, yeah. He's a but changed. Still. He's a changed <laughs> coach now. Um, but you know, again, he did nothing spectacular with the offensive defensive schemes. Mm-hmm. He did nothing really with you know putting players in the right situation. Again, the the whole thing with Thon Maker yeah. telling him to shoot more mid range jumpers, which makes more no sense because yeah. I think there's like a three point differential between Thon Maker's mid range jumpers to his threes, mm-hmm. and we all know threes bigger than two. Apparently, Jason Kidd <laughs> didn't get that memo. Um, but again. He mismanaged the you know players on the court again. He mismanaged putting Giannis as point guard. Didn't put him in a lot of pick and roll situations. Didn't yeah. also use him and Bledsoe in the right way. Putting them in more pick and roll situations. Using uh, Giannis as the guy setting the picks because again this is a guy that's six eleven, a freak of nature. We know this. Um, and, and again, we're not you know doubting that it was the wrong time or at least wrong decision to fire Jason Kidd. Again, I think you you made a great point there, Ricky. Mm-hmm. You get three years with this new head coach. And Giannis together to get them to bond and possibly, you know, at least mend that relationship over the next three years. But the real question is, who will be that next coach? Is there a guy that really sticks out there, Dave, that you think is going to be a perfect fit for Milwaukee? Obviously, Fizdale's been mentioned. Is there a young guy that you're looking at? I mean, obviously, the pop tree's been well. Is there a guy out there in your mind that fits well? Yeah, I mean, I just want to run through a couple of them because it, it turns into the, like, where what direction do you want to take the team? And Fizdale would be mm-hmm. interesting just because he, you know, got a small chance to work with the Grizzlies and we saw what he could do with some defensive guys out there. We always vaunt, you know, this Milwaukee team for their uh wingspan, you know, team wingspan and what they can what they could potentially do with that athleticism and that length out there and have yet to actually succeed at. So that that might be interesting. The thing that I kinda like is Blatt, but I don't think he's gonna come back to the NBA. I think he would be a great fit because that's it's basically the job he wanted and was promised in Cleveland before LeBron came back. It was mm. here's a young team with a ton of promise and a kid with superstar potential. Take over, guide this team, get them to play the fundamentals correctly, and the rest is going to line up for you. Like That seems like it would work out great. I just don't see him being convinced to come back to the NBA after being thrown under a bus in a winning season from the Cavs. Mm. So then it turns into, yeah, can you pull somebody out from the pop tree? Uh Messina, I, I can never get his name right. Um, the primary assistant coach to uh, Pop. Um, the name is killing me. It's something with an M. Uh, Messine. Or Messina or something. Yeah. Like that. Sure. He's probably not going to leave. That, that's my assumption is that I don't see him going away because you don't know how long Pop's got left. And the Spurs is a prime job. I would probably hold out if I were him for that role. I mean, mm-hmm. the, you've got, what, two, three years Pop? Tops. Well, we have no idea where, My where Pop stands, but yeah. yeah, I mean, most likely Pop is is pretty much he's really handling. Yeah, he's, he's going to move to a front office job sooner rather than exactly. later. Exactly. So um, that, that's why I'm like, I, I think that that's probably out of sight. I think you're probably looking. Fizdale's your primary. Blatt probably not going to get him to come back. So I'm looking at go for somebody young. Go for somebody who maybe hasn't had a chance to vet themselves. 
because you do have a little bit of time to play with this because like Ricky said I think I agree with you actually the they don't rush something this season because mm -hmm. bringing in a new head coach mid-season is hard because he has his own ideals he has his own system he has his own kind of regiments that he wants things to run how he wants things to run and if you try to change shit mid-season they're not going to be playing smoothly by playoff basketball, which this team has every right to be a to be a playoff team. Yeah, and you also got to look. I mean, are you going to bring in a former player to know the struggles of you know Giannis and just know the struggles of being an NBA player? I mean, Jason Kidd obviously was able to bond with him because he yeah. had that prior knowledge of being a player. Um, I, you know, people throw out Van Gundy's name, Jeff Van Gundy. Van Gundy would it's be not happening. Come yeah. on, he's not moving just, away from ESPN. Just to get and, him off of ESPN and, and his rants. Well, and he's <laughs> literally also he's also literally the exact opposite of what you said. A young guy um, who has been in the like who's been around the game. Yeah. For, I mean, Jeff Van Gundy hasn't coached in forever, mm -hmm, right. and also he's not a young guy. I mean, Jeff Van Gundy's an old man complaining yeah. and yelling at clouds. I think I think you look to college, the to be honest. Yeah. Well, and you can look to college. You can look to Shaka Smart, recently fired Rick Pitino as well. Um, definitely not a young guy, but you can yeah. at least look if you're looking to college. Um, the guys that I'm looking at though. Uh, you obviously look at uh, Jerry Stackhouse uh, out in the G League for yeah. Toronto. Mm -hmm. I like Jerry. Um, he, he's he's young, up and coming. Has been you know getting the experience. One thing with Jason Kidd, he didn't have experience. At being a coach, you he know was just thrown right into you being a Jerry coach. Stackhouse and young, and my mind just doesn't go back. So I remember his end of his playing days and how old and slow he was. He's like 43, 45, 44 around there. So I mean, he's still young, and, yeah. and, and, and at least he's only a couple years older than the Jet. That's fine. Yeah, and he's also young, at least in the in the uh, you know yes, standpoint I of totally being a agree. coach. Totally agree. Um, there's also Sam Cassell, who's been an assistant coach since he's left the league in 2009, working with Doc, uh, working with the Wizards as well. Yeah. So I, I like those two guys as former players, and I think the the one that I really like is, is Fizdale. You want to bring defense to this team, a team that obviously has the wingspan, the speed, the athleticism to be a great defensive team. Bring in David Fisdale because he did wonders with Memphis, the Memphis Grizzlies. I think at least defensively, if you want that change, Fisdale is a no nonsense coach. He's a guy that has you know at least bonded with players before. Yeah. Um, well, you that's know, a at question. Least the first season he did. I was um, gonna say that's the question: is how much do you give credit? Fiz how much do you credit Fisdale for what Yeager had put together? How much do you credit Fisdale for you know his breakup basically with Paul or not Paul Marcus with Marcus Well, I but, blame Marcus entirely for that. I, just, I don't think it was Fisdale's fault. Why is that? I just I feel like with the Grizzlies it's I know this isn't Grizzlies but yeah. get rid of Gasol don't get rid of Fizdale because the only person he was having a well, problem with was Gasol. But also Fizdale seems like a no nonsense coach where no, he's exactly. not going to be he's not going to be buddy buddy yeah. with with these players. I mean yeah. it doesn't seem like you know that's the guy that Jaeger's going to be. So mm -hmm. I mean ever not Jaeger, I'm sorry uh, Fizdale. that that Fizdale's going to be. Yeah. Um so I I don't really know if it, it's all blamed on Marcus Gasol no, here. Yeah, um, no, I just I, I get that that was a direction of the team in the future and mm -hmm. they were still saying, "Oh, but if Conley comes back, we're a fucking, you know, playoff team again." Like, yeah. Well, and there's also just a you know, lackluster moves there's just bad you know uh movement movements there at least in, in memphis chris wallace hasn't done a great job uh being the gm there but but i think if you're going to go in the direction of a coach you're going to go young and and you're at least going to either go with fisdale who mm -hmm. you know was very young at least in his coaching yeah. game, and had some promise in, in his first obviously had a, a, a you know a, a really hard flame out there in memphis mm -hmm. or you're going to go with a guy who has experience as an assistant which jason kidd didn't have and, you know, get a guy like Sam Cassell or Jerry Stackhouse. Those are the minds, the three minds, at least, that come to me. I've got three. One from each of a different okay. kind of feather. The first one, former player, like you said, Jerry Stackhouse. Don't have to say any more about that. You said enough on it. If you want to go the route of Boston, though, let's get a coach from college. Mm -hmm. What about someone who, and I believe he's a Milwaukee guy, Tony Bennett with Virginia? I don't know mm -hmm. if he would leave Virginia, but that would be a coach that could come in being from Milwaukee could be one of those. Let's rally behind one of our guys, well, and he's, and he's had success with the Cavaliers yeah. 
in Virginia or at Virginia. Well, he's also got Malcolm Brogdon on the team. Yeah, that too. Um, the one that I'm looking at, though, and I want to ask you what you guys think. Mm-hmm. First off, Milwaukee is not afraid to make a splash. Yep. This is also someone who comes from a pop tree. This is also someone who the Bucks interviewed for their general manager job over the summer. What about Becky Hammond? What about being making the first female head coach? That would be your splash. Someone from the pop tree who's yeah. gaining respect in that locker room. Yeah. And they've already interviewed her for a different position. So you pretty much know her and could get to interview her again on the actual position that she would be more comfortable in. What do you think about the first woman head coach? I think it would be awesome. I just don't know if she is ready yet. Um, I know she's had some duties with them. Obviously, she was coming along as like talent uh, management, basically, for them as, from a coaching staff perspective, and then got to coach some of the summer league games. Mm-hmm. Um, and she's always on the bench with them, talking with Poply. She's definitely entrenched in it. I just don't know if she is um, like ready yet to coach a team. And the big thing is like it's crossing that barrier. It's being the first of something, and you really want to want you want them to be successful. It's kind of like Jackie Robinson style. It's it's as big to that like movement of equality as we're getting in basketball. Like that's the next big step for the sport. And that's kind of what scares me. Like if if you whiff on this and it shouldn't be, but like the general idea is, oh, clearly this is a sign that women shouldn't coach, which mm-hmm. is wrong, but that's you have to be aware of that mindset from the general population of people who are just ignorant fans. So like mm-hmm. I want it to be well, a hit and I don't know if this is like the perfect situation for her. I think it, I think Milwaukee being not media central is awesome. I think mm. that one will be a huge help to her. Um, I just don't know if she's ready to coach a team, but if it is going to be a team, having a young team like Milwaukee would be great. I think and like she you is. Said, like this would be the perfect this, situation. This seems for like her. a good situation. I just don't know if she's ready to coach a team yet. I like mean, outright. The one thing coach. that I I just worry about is the fact that there's going to be so much pressure. At least you know making sure Giannis stays. And again, you, you're going to have a, a lot of talent on that team for her to work with. And, mm-hmm. and you know, again, she's getting high praise from Pop. Yeah. She was a very smart player as well when she was playing in WNBA. Um, the one thing though is that there's going to be so much pressure, and then also. Right now, as an assistant coach, she has one of the most respected head coaches above her yeah. in Greg Popovich. So, you know, if players aren't getting along, you have Pop to rely on. And again, I'm not trying to, you know, you know, downplay what Becky mm-hmm. Hammond does, but right. again, managing a locker room, that's going to be one of the biggest things. I think, you know, X and, X's and O's wise, she has the experience for Pop. She has the experience for her playing days. I think she's going to be fine with that. I think at least, you know, putting players in the right situation on the court, I think she's going to do a great job with that when, when or if she ever gets the chance to do so. Yeah. But it's really going to be about locker management and, and really how are these guys going to connect with a woman head coach and will they be able to at least listen to her? Because these guys have grown up with men coaches from their, you know, uh, Early days, AAU days, high school days, college days, um, NBA days. I mean, these guys have been around a male environment their whole life. And then welcoming in uh, the first ever women's coach. And then also, you know, trying to also be a playoff team, putting a lot of high pressure situations into that team. Mm -hmm. I think it's just going to be a lot to a lot that can go wrong. Not saying that it can't go right, but there's a lot that could go wrong in that situation. And I feel like if I was Milwaukee, I don't think it's the right place. I would rather give Becky Hammond the um, the more of the you know kind of skeleton of a team and let her build up with players mm-hmm. that are um, coming into the situation, uh, players that are going to know that what they're walking into, rather than you know guys like Giannis, guys like uh, Jabari Parker, Malcolm Brogdon, Chris Middleton, guys that have been in Milwaukee and entrenched in that situation 
for so long expecting something like Jason Kidd. And again, she's a former player, but again, it was WNBA, not NBA. I mean, it's going to be tough for them to relate to her, um, at least, you know, her not being a player in the NBA. And also, there's still that long held belief. And I think, you know, we're trying to walk around her right now that, you know, guys are going to have a hard time accepting that it's a woman being the head coach. Here's how I see it. The first part on that last part, because both of you kind of touched on it. Mm -hmm. The way I kind of relate it to is what we just saw in the presidential election, where there were some people that were like, you ask them, are we ready for a female president? Hell yeah. Do you want Hillary to be at? Oh, well, no, no, no. I don't want that to happen. Like there were people (laughs) that believed that. No, no, no. I know. (laughs) And I don't think she falls into that category. What I do like about this, if they said, you know what, Becky Hammond's our person. That's who we're going to go with as our head coach. I actually like that she was given the... Uh, head coaching duties during the Las Vegas League and led that young team, a rookie team, to a championship because this team is a younger roster. I don't think this Bucks team, if she came in, I don't think it's like, well, you're a girl. I'm not going to listen to you. I think that these players— we don't know that. I mean, the thing is— I'm saying what I think. I don't think they would have a problem with it. But, of course, we're not in the locker room. We well, don't know what's going on in there. And, again, in it's there. an 82-game season plus playoffs. Mm-hmm. And, again, I, I think that summer league where these guys are trying to make a roster is completely different than trying to make the playoffs. Oh, it's, And, and, and yeah. yes, she's been in that situation before with uh, being with Popovich, I think, since mm-hmm. 2014, and being with the Spurs team making the playoffs consistently. But, again, she has Greg Popovich with her. Greg Popovich has been the, the entrenched coach there for over 20 years. He is one of the most, if not the most, respected so, head coach in the league. And we'll yeah. talk about him a, a little bit earlier. But again, it's just something where I, I think it's going to be a situation when a woman head coach steps in, and, and if it's Becky, that it's going to be more of a team that mm-hmm. you're going to give her players and, and draft players to come into that situation rather so than a rebuild have a team is that, where you want her at. I would See, rather. I, the, I, I think it would rather be a rebuild that. because because these players need to walk in and, and and know what they're getting rather than these players that have been in Milwaukee like Giannis Antetokounmpo, like uh, Chris Middleton, like uh, mm-hmm. Eric Bledsoe. You throw him into just because he's been there for a couple seasons. Uh, like Malcolm Brogdon, these guys have a, you know certain expectations. I think that is going to be at least changed, and it's going to take a while for that team to gel. With, with any coach, and then also if they're not able to accept having a woman coach right away, then it's going to mess with that chemistry and mess with the locker room. And that's a, that's the big problem. Or To me, I'm on the other side of that. I don't want Becky Hammond to have a rebuild job. I think this would be one of the best situations she could come into because yeah. you have an established team. You can come in here and say, you know what, I don't have to rebuild anything. I've got a team. I know my X's and O's because I've been under Popovich. I'm going to use what he has taught me and my own experience to do what I want want to do here. And really, like, the thing I look at is if, let's say, any player was like, I don't know how I feel about this, a woman is my coach, well, that's your problem, not Becky Hammond's problem. No, I you know agree, but it's, yeah. but, it's, but it's will that player be, over, be able to get over that barrier? Then you that, get rid of that, that player. Yeah, okay, I think but what if it's Giannis? Have... What if it's your star? Like, again, I'm not trying to be like— You're you know, playing women. devil's advocate. Yeah, I get I, it. No, it's not even devil's advocate. This is just something that I, I don't know if it would work out. Yeah. And, and again, I'm, I, I'm not—I mm-hmm. don't have any problems with a woman being head coach. It's just for strictly Milwaukee, I don't know if it's the right fit because this is going to be a playoff team. This is going to be a team in high-pressure situations. This is a team that just lost their coach, a coach that they very well liked, and then you're bringing in a, a, a coach that might just not be able to connect with the player just because of the way that they were born. I mean, it's—again, it's, it, it's nothing that it's—it it just might be hard for these players to accept 
with the, what, the way they've been raised, with the way that they've been mm-hmm. brought up, yeah. with expecting a man head coach uh, throughout you know grammar school, AAU, high school, college, NBA, etc. I mean, these guys have certain expectations, and if you violate those expectations, it just might be a, a disaster, whether it's, you know, Becky Hammond's a fantastic head, mm-hmm. head coach, and, and if she's going to become a head coach, or if it's just any player in general. Let me ask this, and Dave, maybe you'll mm-hmm. be the first one to an- answer because you look like you want to talk. Um <laughs> Any coach, any mm-hmm. coach, Becky Hammond, mm-hmm. Fizdale, Bennett, Stackhouse, yep. any coach that comes in, is Milwaukee an automatic threat to win the Eastern Conference? No. In no. your mind. They still have a center. Like, like and, and that's the thing well, that I look to. The is, off season, but, then, but, right. but then again, the offseason, they can address that issue. Well, that's the thing. Is DeAndre's going to be a free agent. We heard rumors of... Um, Kid actually trying to trade Jabari before the injury, mm-hmm. and that gives you concern, right? Because it's like that was one yeah. of the young core building mm-hmm. pieces, and if he's willing to ship somebody like Jabari out to, um, you know, f- help the team potentially, we, who knows f- what for at this point? But it was just a rumor. It turns into one of those things where it's like, yes, they're a very good team. Yes, they're probably you know maybe the fifth best team, sixth best team in the East. It just turns to like I don't think they're ready to compete against the Celtics, the Raptors, the. Cavaliers even. We know? do have to wrap this up, but again, we don't know what the situation with the Cavs next year will be, obviously, because LeBron's free agency <laughs> right. is looming. Uh, real quick, who do you think is going to be the head coach of the Bucks? Uh, I'm go Becky Hammond. When the league starts, I'm why is go that? Becky Hammond, because like I said, she's a coach that I believe could come in and work with this young talent. I could see Milwaukee going out there and making a splash. They've interviewed her before, so I kind of feel like they'll she be wasn't a finalist for that job. But they still interviewed her, is what I'm saying. Yeah. And okay. She'd be much more. She'd be much better as a coach. Than a general manager, potentially. We yeah. don't. That's the thing because she's I, never had that experience I think the split as a GM. Du- I think the split duty is the way Pop has broken it down amongst his assistant coaches. Like she needs more time and to move up that rank, maybe one or two more spots to get more entrenched mm-hmm. in like the NBA game. And that that's all I'm thinking is just she needs a little more experience, a little more time under Pop to get there. That's why I'm thinking we're going somebody out of college, somebody who is um, ambitious, young, and who can connect with the talent, uh, the the age group of the talent specifically. Like a Tony Bennett. Somebody out of, v, out of Virginia, potentially that, yeah. So that that's I'm going wild card out of college. I do like Becky. I just think one to probably two more years under Pop and absorb some more of those duties across the court. Well, and the one thing too, we're talking about Tony Bennett. He's been in you know coaching since 1993. Yeah. You mm-hmm. look at Fizdale. Fizdale's been around for so long. Sam yeah. Cassell has been around the yeah. league since the 90s. I mean, Stackhouse you even got well. Messina, who Dave mentioned earlier Messina, from that same well, Spurs. Well, but the tree. thing is, is that those guys have had you know so much experience. In the NBA, yeah. and, and again, Becky's going to have that transition from you know, I, and she's been going through that tr- transition yeah. s- since 2014 um, of going from WNBA to the NBA. But again, it, it's going to be a, a ton of responsibility to take a playoff team and, and in you know, and with high expectations and, and a tough locker room and, and really entrench yourself as this is the leader of the team. Yeah. I'm not saying mm-hmm. that she is incapable. I'm not saying that she is not qualified. I'm just saying that these guys that have been like Tony Bennett, uh, Messina. Um, uh, Stackhouse, more Sam proven Cassell. commodities. Is that where you're going? Yeah, well, it, more proven commodities, and then also they ha- are relatable to these guys because they, you know, some of them have been former players, and then also they can say, "Hey, this is what I've done as a head coach, uh, a college coach, or this is what I, this is who I've worked under for, you know, ten to fifteen years." A, a, in the the example of Fisdale or Messina, mm-hmm. again, I, I think that if there's a you know female head coach waiting in the wings, Becky Hammond's the one. Yeah. I just don't know if, like Dave said, 
if it's the right time, and I don't think it's the right fit. But that's just my thoughts. Let us know down in the comments, especially you Bucks fans, who you think the Did next you head coach— Did you your right fit was? Uh, I was going to go Tony Bennett okay. or uh, Sam Cassell because uh, he's got ties from Milwaukee. Uh, but anyways, we're going to wrap this up. Let us know who you think the head coach of the next Milwaukee— or the next Milwaukee Bucks head coach is. <laughs> uh, the time is running out on the camera. Uh, let us know who you think the next head coach of the Milwaukee Bucks will be in the comments below. All right, let's move on now to the Cleveland Cavaliers. We're supposed to have our buddy Jake join us, but just technical difficulties with the phone. We'll get Jake on for a different time. But today we are talking about is it the end or at least the end near for LeBron James in Cleveland? Obviously, we know that LeBron James has a player option after this year, and he's most likely going to decline it, and he's going to at least explore his free agent options, whether it's staying with Cleveland, whether it's going to Houston, L.A., New York, wherever you want to say and the big thing now is the Cavs have just looked absolutely terrible. Uh, I, I think uh, four and fifteen in their past, uh, nineteen or something like that. The Cavs have been absolutely brutal lately. Apparently, they had a meeting calling out Kevin Love or uh, new players were attacking old players, and they were going back and forth. K Love being singled out. So right now, there's trouble in Cleveland. What was your guys' initial reaction when all this news was coming out? Were you shocked by it? Were you surprised by it? What was the thoughts running through your mind? My first thought is, why is Kevin Love always the scapegoat? Like, why is he always <laughs> the one when shit hits the fan? It's like, well, you know what? It's, hey, fuck this dude. Why is it always He him? seemed like such a likable like, guy before, too. Why is it too? always Kevin Love that's getting the bad end of the stick here? I mean, maybe it's because, you know, they're forcing him to play opposition. Maybe it's because he's not having, you know, a career year for them. He didn't get a doctor's note for didn't... being ill after three minutes. Yeah, I mean, I don't know. It, it does seem like easy pickings, but to be honest, I think it's because the locker room right now is just super cancerous. Like, mm -hmm last year and, and the couple of years before it was like they had that veteran heavy presence to where like and it's hard to put like a price tag on like Richard Jefferson and um, James Jones James Jones like those kind of guys who are purely there to make sure everything grooves everybody's happy and like Channing Fry was one of those guys who worked really well too and it's just if your locker room gets more and I, we talked about this like the, the star heavy the ISO the personality the ego heavy like you're gonna have more of this unless mm -hmm. you have balanced pieces there, and they don't mm -hmm. anymore. They, you know, they decide to move on from those guys. So, I don't know. It, it it sort of seemed like it was gonna happen at some point, and it just came back and things blew the fuck up. Well, and the one thing too with it, obviously he's been struggling he's coming back from that injury. He hasn't really been, you know, looking great out there. But we yeah. don't expect him to be a hundred percent. But again, you know, he hasn't looked great. And then the one thing, too, is, again, you talk about a veteran presence, and when you see Jose Calderon plugged into that same lineup, that team was better. And it's weird <laughs> yeah. saying, but Jose Calderon brought a lot to that starting lineup and brought a veteran, veteran presence. And the one thing that I, I at least am concerned with with that whole veteran presence thing is the fact that you have D. Wade, who was a locker room leader um, out in Miami, uh, wasn't a locker room leader out in Chicago, but at least you would expect that a guy like D. Wade, who's been in the league for so long, to step up and be a leader. LeBron James, who's mm -hmm. been in the league for so long, to be a leader yeah. and at least separate that divide. But at least from what we're hearing, Isaiah Thomas was possibly attacking K-Love, which is weird because they have AAU uh, you know, ties <laughs> back to each other. Mm -hmm. I mean, this 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 team's a mess, and it seems like Ty Lue is not the guy to at least be managing these egos. David Blatt was fired for winning games. Like, they won two games, fired David Blatt. Like, think about that. Like, and then all of this, like, that's what I was thinking this week. If David Blatt was in this situation, he would have been fired. Like, he was for winning games, and they were, like, not even as bad as they were now. So the other thing that, and, I mean, you mentioned it, I was thinking about it. Is it coincidental that the last three 
years, every locker room that like D Wade has been in has been kind of cancerous a little bit. Like Chicago wasn't the smoothest ride. The end of Miami wasn't the smoothest ride. Cleveland's not seeming like the smoothest ride right now. Like, is it me or is it just coincidence? I think think the problem. I don't want to say the problem. I, I think D-Wade does definitely has some ego to him. Some of it deserves mm-hmm. some of it at this point in his career. He kind of, he, we thought he found his place as six man. He mm-hmm. looked like super great, uh, you know, as a person there. But at the same time, like how much that is like him and LeBron are just like best buds. And outside of that, like small click, has his back. like how much is D-Wade engaging the rest of the team? We saw yep. in Chicago, he attached himself to Jimmy and they separated themselves from the team. From and the you, rookies. Well, the yeah. entire team. Let's be honest; the, like, well, not the even most, the vets on most there. Most of the team was young. Yeah, well, but I that's mean, the obviously thing. it was Rondo versus mm-hmm. Jimmy and D Wade. Yeah. yeah, that that's that's where I'm kind of going. Is like if you see that again with D Wade attaching himself to LeBron and mm-hmm. then separating themselves from the rest of the team is maybe LeBron because he's kind of taking a step back and you know he's got his best buddy there. They're hanging out all the time, and it just he doesn't spend as much time with the rest of the team. Mm-hmm. You know, we're looking for LeBron's leadership, and maybe that's where it kind of is at this point. He's either a too tired from just being the entire Cleveland Cavaliers for the Playing last couple the months, or B it's because he has that close relationship that he spent all his time. Well, and that whole thing about you know having too much on his plate, being consumed by everything, you know, yeah. being the coach, being the GM, being the whole team. Yeah, you know, when is it going to be enough for LeBron to really push him out of you know Cleveland? And, and that's what we're talking it. about now. I, I mean, think this is it. I, well, let me ask the question, well, Ricky. I understand no, you know Sean. it's it. You, we, we've no, heard you it. talk about Los Angeles. <laughs> But, uh, I mean, how, what about Los Angeles really means that that's the place for LeBron? Because how is that mm-hmm. going to help him at least take the pressure off? Because there's not a star out there to play with him. Are well, you saying I mean, Kyle Kuzma's not? No. I wasn't even saying <laughs> L.A. Like, I wasn't even thinking of a. But exact, L.A.'s been the team that you yeah, brought up. I mean, I, but, like, say, let's, 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 say, let's say he goes to an L.A. Because L.A. Mm-hmm. LA has been you know one of the teams outside of Houston that seem like the most likely. Yeah. Because he lives there, has a home there. If he goes to L.A., would it be that much different than what's going on from Cleveland right well, now? It'd be, be lower bring, expectations. That's all. I'm assuming if he goes to L.A., he's bringing a Paul George with him. He's bringing someone else with him. He is not the only free agent signing. He gets a younger team. And, I mean, does that necessarily mean he's going to win? I just would love to see him in L.A. That's why I keep mentioning it. Fair. I could see Philly being a team. I could see Houston being the team. I could see, although it's way far in the back, I could potentially see a Spurs being a team that I he goes see to. New York, Boston. My, my point with LeBron is we are beginning to see the beginning of the end of his time in Cleveland. Like, this is it. Like, if I was LeBron, I'd be sitting there going— so do I want to go through this more? Like, it's not going to get better. I have an owner here in Dan Gilbert who, let's be honest, he's a little fuck. And I don't want inept to, like, is inept. Good word. Like, uh, you took the more politically correct route yeah. I went with the non. But it's like, I don't want to sit here and deal with him. I'm making him money. I'm going to go out and go somewhere else. L.A., he's from, like, that's where he lives now. He can focus on the Hollywood thing if he wants to. He can go to Houston and try to win with the CP3, the James Harden route. He can go to New York. He can go to Milwaukee. He can go to Philly. He can go anywhere he wants. He's not going to Milwaukee. He's not going to Milwaukee. I just wanted to throw them out there. He can go wherever he wants, basically, but it's not going to be Cleveland. My my thought is L.A. would be because he wants to build his brand and his uh, post-playing career. Like Mm. That is the best uh, move for him as a businessman, I feel. Um, not necessarily as a basketball move. So if he wants mm-hmm. to go that route, I respect him for it. If he wants to build a brand that could try to rival Jordan, that is the direction to go. I mean, yes, you, like you said, it's a lot of young guys around there, and he'll have to bring in talent with him. Otherwise, they don't really have a chance of competing in the next two years probably uh, with this roster. But same time, 
you can set yourself up as a if you want to go movie route, great. But I think mm-hmm. business brand and becoming more of a well-rounded guy that that would be the route. If you go for championships, the obvious answer is is Houston. But the thing or is, is that either or uh, Philly, there's a lot Philly's of a Philly's at second. Houston's the number one. The thing is, is I don't understand the LA thing at all. I haven't understood it. I don't yeah. get it. I mean, there's like we said, it's a young team. There's not a lot of help with them. Yeah, he might bring Paul George around him. Cool, you got two players out well, there, and no, I get it. Kyle Kuzma and Lonzo are nice pieces out there, and but it, it is. Is that going to be a team that's a, a top four team in the in the West, or is that sorry that you have LeBron James? Um, <laughs> is that going to be a team that's able to overcome the Warriors? Is that going to be a team that's going to be able to overcome the Spurs? I mean, and, like you, one of your big points about the Warriors is that they're on the decline. At, like, there's no way they're going to be keeping. I'm saying, all these like, I'm saying, I'm saying, yeah, like three contract years. wise, like, but yeah. still, there's that window to where. No, but I'm, I'm saying in like three years, but LeBron James in three years is going to be 36 years old. And with so the, the thing that I'm bringing up is the fact that. This team doesn't have a ton of talent. This team is young. Mm-hmm. And the whole part about building your brand, building this legacy, mm-hmm. I understand being in L.A. will help you do that. Yeah. But I think the bigger part of it is winning championships. Right now, look at Tom Brady. He's winning championships, six titles. He's seen as the greatest of all time. And while he's doing that, we've seen his brand come along with it. We've mm-hmm. seen the rise of TB12. Whether mm-hmm. you agree with it or not, we've seen the rise of it. We've seen yeah. the, you know his, his performance-based programs come from that. The Jordan brand. Mm-hmm. How did he do that? Six titles, not losing. He became bigger than an NBA player. He became a legend. I think LeBron, we all think he's a great player, but really people still question if he's that great of a player. People still question, well, if you're that great of a player, how do you only have three rings right now? So the big thing with LeBron is I feel like you need to be winning, and with you getting older, you need to put your, be- situa- your, be- your yourself in the best situation to win, and L.A., has none of that what, writing on the wall for me. What do you think me. is the best situation? Is it Cleveland? I think is it Houston? I, I think is it's it... probably, I, I think, raking them. I would say Houston's probably the best mm-hmm. team and atmosphere to play in. I think if you want to continue where you are in Cleveland, I think that would probably be the smartest move. I think the be- the, the, the team that's going to have the most talent and the best chance of helping you win is going to be Houston. Mm-hmm. I think the smartest move would still stick in Cleveland because you could still have – Everyone around you, you could still have the fan support, but then also you're in the Eastern Conference. It's going to be an easier regular season, and it's going to be an easier postseason. You're not going to have to go up with the Warriors, Rockets, and Spurs. Well, if he's on the Rockets, obviously that's yeah. different. But you know, you're not going to have to go up against that terrible Western Conference, as well as the the Memphis uh, Memphis Grizzlies. They suck. Um, the Minnesota Timberwolves. <laughs> yes, like I mean, that, hot, there's team. there's yeah. a lot of more contenders out there outside of Boston, Philly, Toronto, and and uh, uh, forgetting the team. Uh, Miami's out there, mm-hmm. but Washington, you know, Washington yeah. thank you. Uh, they're, they're, those teams you've beaten before, and, yeah. and the Western Conference is going to be a different story. And I'm not saying LeBron's afraid of a challenge, but if you want to win, if you want to build your legacy, stay out in the East where it's a little bit easier and the teams are a little bit younger. So that's my thought is I think the smartest move for LeBron would be sticking Cleveland, and you just need to make it clear that, hey, start stripping this team down. And I think that's the reason why Dan Gilbert's looking at selling this team is because I think he has a pretty f- decent idea that LeBron's going to stay. If LeBron's going to stay, it's going to up that value. If LeBron mm-hmm. leaves in Cleveland with that market, there's no one that's going to want to yeah. buy that team for that much money. I would... Unless they're planning on moving it. <laughs> now, the thing with the only... And this is the last time I'll bring up L.A. because obviously it's not like you go to L.A., you win a championship. But I mean, if you th- if you like, think L.A. is the right spot for them, then, I then just, stick with, with it. I mean, with me, it's just it makes sense for the... Like, if you want to build your brand um, after basketball, but also, like... It would take pressure off of Kuzma, take pressure off of Lonzo. You're bringing someone else with you, 
And it's like, then then we're not asking the question like, well, why isn't Lonzo scoring? It doesn't matter. You'll have, hypothetically, PG3 to score, who will be more than Lonzo. PG-13. LeBron, PG-13, yeah. thank you. LeBron to have more points than you. I would put Ingram and Kuzma as scoring options above Lonzo. Lonzo doesn't then need to be a main scoring and can just be well, that point guard that facilitates and gets I everyone else the ball. I don't think anyone's looking for Lonzo to be the guy out in L.A. I don't think it, Right it, now, people, people no. that's all they complain people, about is why people like, a People like scorer. trashing Lonzo because they hate his dad, mm-hmm. so take on the easy shots on the rookie who's 19 years old out in L.A. in the biggest mm-hmm. media circus there is. Yep. I mean, you're outside of Philly and New York. I mean, you're going to be taking shots at that kid because you don't like his dad. So far, Lonzo has proven that he's a decent basketball player. He was clearly not a scorer back in UCLA. He had some spurts, but even back mm-hmm. then, it wasn't like he was lighting it up, scoring over 20 points. He wasn't pulling like a Trey Young out there. No one mm-hmm. expected Lonzo Ball to be a scorer, and people expected exactly what you mentioned, a guy who's going to be a facilitator and a leader on the court. And so far, I've seen that from Lonzo Ball. Yeah. It hasn't been consistent, but he's a 19-year-old rookie. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Let him slide. So I, I think, and one thing, too, is with Brandon Ingram, uh, Kyle Kuzma, and Lonzo Ball, this team's going in a young direction. So mm-hmm. why are you bringing in a 33-year-old that's going to sign a four-year contract that's going to be 37 when that contract comes Because up? he's the best player in the world. I'm not disagreeing. Yeah. He's also, like, you brought up Tom Brady before. LeBron's kind of the same way as Tom Brady. You mentioned, like, oh, yeah, in three years he'll be 36. Yeah, but so LeBron's going to defy age like Tom Brady. Yeah, we, but that's, that's not for sure. So what? Because yeah. he has done what nobody else has done, and that's a, a career-long like incredibly healthy streak. He has mm-hmm. never had a serious injury. He's gotten better as he aged. He's fully on it Benjamin Button. Yeah. Yes. Like I that's the thing. Unless he has a severe injury out of nowhere, LeBron is on track to play till he doesn't want to play. I will be the last to deny that LeBron James is the the, the best player in the in the world mm-hmm. right now. I'll be the last to say that LeBron James isn't getting better. Yeah. I'm not saying that, but still the fact is is that again you're thirty six years old yep. and he hasn't had a, a major injury Yet that yep. doesn't mean one cannot happen. Thirty-three. Yeah. What would I say? You said thirty-six. You're, you're well, he's going to be thirty-six. Yeah. He's going to be thirty-six at right. you know, three years, in that, and that's mm-hmm. where we see players' bodies start breaking down. And yeah. one thing too, as well, LeBron doesn't have this crazy, weird, psychopathic, you know, TB twelve, TB twelve system that he's yeah. going through. I love Tom Brady. <laughs> Obviously, I don't have a Tom Brady TB12 body. I have the don't book. Don't worry, Sean. You don't need suntan lotion. Just drink water. Yeah, but like, I don't have the, the, the book. I don't have the pliability. I have the book. I don't have the, the, <laughs> the body, the pliability, and everything that Tom Brady has. Mm-hmm. But this guy is dedicated to keeping his body around. And I'm not saying mm-hmm. LeBron isn't. I don't know LeBron's schedule, but Brady has made his, his LeBron, schedule yeah. very LeBron is positive. more trained and toned and in shape than Tom Brady uh-huh. ever has been in his life. But t- trained and toned doesn't mean that he's taking care of his body in the same no, way he that... He, no, but, yeah. no, but being... being I mean, he's, he's not being, on a fish and uh, paleo. Okay, paleo, whatever diet that Tom Brady's on. He used on. to be on the... Uh, what he's was the one where you gotta hunt your own food and stuff like no that? Idea. The yeah. keto or whatever keto? Yeah. keto is Keto. Keto is... No, that's not or no, hunting. Is it, is it the paleo? We're, paleo is the You basically bring like anything you find in the wild. Yeah, that sounds more... LeBron used to be on that. That sounds one. more. Yeah. Uh, he, he's done. He's done different diets. He's changed his regimens. He, if you've Again, seen him during the off season, like the man is ripped I, to shreds. I it's am ridiculous. Just, I'm just saying it's not as it's not as public as Tom Brady is. Mm-hmm, I'm just saying perhaps. I don't know exactly if he has the same mindset as Tom Brady. I get it. LeBron James is a freak athlete. He's the best player in the world. Yeah. I'm not denying it, and I'm not saying LeBron James can't be great until he's four years old. 
I'm not denying that, and I'm not saying that. I'm You're just, just saying, saying the odds that, are against him. Again, the odds are against him. The odds are still against Tom Brady. Tom Brady goes down and, you know, knock on wood. Jesus Christ, I don't know why I'm even saying this. But Tom <laughs> could Brady have, suffers. Could happen in two weeks? Shut your mouth. <laughs> and also two weeks. One week. One week. Because one week. this is probably coming out on Sunday. True. So, yeah. um, but the thing that I, I, I'm just saying is that LeBron James, you don't know when the final buzzer is going to be. We also don't know if he wants to play till he's 40 years old. Mm-hmm. He might break the scoring record, win another title, and be like, all right, I'm, I'm going to go watch he my kid play. Go, like, he might want to play with this kid. We, he might. We don't know what is in LeBron James' head. <laughs> I'm just saying that LeBron isn't a for sure thing for the next six years. And you can't build your franchise around him, but if you have Alonzo Ball, Brandon Ingram, and Kyle mm-hmm. Kuzma, those guys you could probably at least build your franchise around because they have at least 15 years ahead of them. LeBron doesn't nope. have 15 years ahead of them. And this is why for me, kind of just to put my final thoughts on what I'm thinking here is, although when you hear like the Colin Cowherds, the Stephen A's say like, well, I don't think LeBron knows what he's going to do yet. I honestly believe that. Like, if you ask LeBron, hey, are you leaving? He'll be like, I don't know. I'm trying to focus on the season right now. However, I feel like this is the beginning of the end. This is where the thought starts to creep into the head a little bit because of all the drama that we see, especially if, God forbid, they can't get a George Hill. They can't get a trade partner by the trade deadline. It's like, what are you doing to try to help us get better? For me, there's two teams I would think about for serious title contention with LeBron for him to go to. One's the Rockets, two's Philly. And the reason why I say Philly is because it's what you would want with the Lakers. Oh, they're a young team, but you can put LeBron with that young talent and be a title contender, See, especially in a week. Well, race. and they also have cap room, too. Yeah, which is, they've is, got is the cap well. room, which is nice, but I feel like him and Ben Simmons have a whole lot of overlap in their play style and them together well, on the court. LeBron, LeBron needs to rest threes. during the regular <laughs> season. Well, that's, that's sort of iffy these days. Just joking. Yeah. Um, yeah. No, I, th- I think you, if anything... You know, if he's going to leave, you're right. Houston's by far the favorite. But, like, I think he could take any team he wants in the East. Like, for him, it, it could be like a charity, you know? Balance but out the league. He just plays for a team. He goes to the Hawks. My, my thing is— Playoff why, team. The Magic. Playoff team. My thing is, why would he leave Cleveland just to go and stay in the East? Because it's a it's a hard reset button on the guys around you. He, need, he might feel the need to move on because— of, like I said, how bad that locker room got. Mm-hmm. And I get it. A couple of those guys are his good friends at this mm-hmm. point in his life. But at the same time... Well, you also time, have to blame it on yourself moved if you're LeBron James. James. I was going to say, is it his fault that the locker room is where it is? Potentially. Yeah. He, I mean, I, I wouldn't say I wouldn't say you can't blame LeBron James for where it is. We talk about Tristan Thompson getting the contract mm-hmm. that he is. J.R. Smith's yeah. around because, of, because, because of LeBron, LeBron James. Getting David Black kicked out the door. Good, yeah. David, I don't really care about, that much about that because ty- they <laughs> mm-hmm. still won a championship with Ty Lue. Um Getting D-Wade in here, and D-Wade hasn't been the great leader that you need him to be. I mean, like, you can blame LeBron for player, player yeah. personnel, but the reason that he was leaving Cleveland the first time is because he felt like he wasn't getting that help. LeBron mm-hmm. has gotten all the help that he has wanted and all the help that he has gone out and sought for it's just in not Cleveland smart this year. Help. I mean, it, it doesn't fit. It, it just hasn't the been the it hasn't been the fit, best fit. Again, it's what I said when they're collecting these players to start the season is that they're getting a lot of talent. Yeah, they're not getting a team. This isn't mm-hmm. a, a, a unit. But Again, he also left Miami ta- after, and, and that was a team that if they want to keep rolling with, they could have kept going. Mm-hmm. You know, obviously Chris Bosh health wasn't a thing at that time. But, so yeah, and then he also had that whole thing where he wanted to bring a championship. to And Cleveland. he's done that. Yeah, he's got Cleveland's championship. Mm-hmm. There's nothing more that they can ask from him. So I feel like he feels. I feel like there is a weight off of his shoulders at this point. It's like, yeah, it would be great to win another one for Cleveland, but at the same time, there's nothing he can more also, owed. He to can Cleveland. also leave without getting his jersey burned because he brought yeah. them a championship. I mean, I think or without idiot fans yeah, do that too. No, no, no. But without Cleveland being like, you know, screw you. Yeah, like, no. there are going to be majority of fans that go, yeah, you got us a ring. Well, yeah. cool. I, I think the thing is too, and, and you look at the contracts that are going to be up. 
Uh, Shump's probably going to keep his player Unless, option. Uh, Shump, the rumor was still, he, he played for five minutes, so he could be confirmed as healthy to get traded for George Hill. He did his job. He played for five minutes, well, didn't look If awful. they're not able to trade him, at least looking at next year's yeah. co- contract-wise, they're going to you know at least have K-Love, Tristan Thompson, J.R. Smith, Shumper, because he's going to have to do his player deal, <laughs> Kyle Korver, Jay Crowder. Uh, yeah, CD that. and Auntie Zizek. So I mean, you can f- fairly hit uh, the reset button as well there. I mean, and, and you could. You, I mean, there's talks about moving Tristan Thompson, Shepard as well. So you're really probably stuck with Jr., Kevin Love, CD, J, and Corver and, and Zizek as well. Yeah. So I mean, like you still have the ability to clean out that team, you have clean out that play. roster. Yeah. So and you'll, you'll have that Brooklyn pick as well. I just feel like that's true. There's not a reason to move on. And the fact that Braun is saying that he does not want them to move that uh, Brooklyn pick if it's not for a game changer or a young player on a young contract, yeah. that is the biggest sign for me that he's probably going to stay in Cleveland if he's if he's staying in the Eastern Conference. True, true. So I think his days are not over as a Cleveland Cavalier. I think he's still at home in, in Cleveland. I think that he's upset where this direction is currently going i think he's going to take some blame as he should yeah. for where this where this team currently is but i think that this isn't a dire situation they might not win this season no. which i don't think <laughs> is crazy to say but i think this is definitely a, a situation that can be righted uh ricky is this the end for lebron james and oh it and, is and, it totally is the end in cleveland and, and well yeah i'm not saying he's yeah he's done with his nba no, career just had to clarify um but why is it the end it's the end because of all the dr- like the drama is the drama's going to follow the drama's followed the Brian yeah. James I, no 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 I feel like it's coming to a head now and it's going to come down to well do I want to try to win one more championship do I also want to play with some of my buddies CP3 that would be the rocket decision but yeah. on a boat or would it just be like you know what I like I don't see LeBron being this last one but like uh Eh, whatever. I'll just end my career in Cleveland and try to win a championship here, even though I don't think it's going to get better than it is right now. Well, we don't know if he's thinking it's not going to get better. Exactly. And there's obviously there's obviously clear signs that it could get better with yeah. that Brooklyn pick I'm, and with contracts coming up. I'm coming in with it obvious from my bias standpoint where I don't think it's getting better. If, get the hell out of there. Go to Houston, win a championship. Uh, so so you, Houston's the place you think he's going to? Yeah, Houston or Philly are the two that I'm on right pick now. Pick one. Where's he going? Houston. To play with CP, uh, I would lean Houston or LA. Where, where, no, first off, is it the end? Uh, yeah, I think I think he's going to move on from okay. Cleveland. Uh, it's probably this year. Yeah, I don't think he resigns for another deal with them. I okay. think he's done. And where's he going? Yeah, uh, pick one. I made Ricky. Pick I'll, one. I'll agree to Houston. I, that that seems mm-hmm. most outright. But you know what? They wild cards all the time with this kind of shit. So mm-hmm. could be Boston. He's going to end up. In, we can get in our decision. Could be Boston. He's decision three point He's ended up in Vancouver. I want Boston. <laughs> <laughs> no, Seattle. It's going to Seattle. Seattle. There we go. Bring it back to Super Sonics. <laughs> He's Cleveland bringing a championship. And an NBA owner team. of the ooh, expansion ooh. team. That's that's one thing. Yes. What if what if they buy the Cavs and he stick technically sticks with the Cavs, but they move him to Seattle? <laughs> <laughs> that's a turn. That's, a, that's twist. a twist. So his time might be up in Cleveland. <laughs> what they twist. <laughs> anyway, I'm not shem on that shit. Let us know what you think about LeBron. Is his time up in Cleveland? Is he done for? Um, in. Uh, the the per, what's their city called the dumpster dumpster factory fire factory sadness factory sadness the factory sadness is LeBron well they got rid of that after the Cavs won a final well no the Browns are still there I'd say they, they pretty much sold their soul for that Cavs <laughs> ring so is LeBron's Browns time still done team the, is LeBron's time done in the factory of sadness let us know in the comments below well, let's move on to our final topic and we are talking Kawhi Leonard and whether the San Antonio Spurs should trade the star forward that has currently been 
hampered with a quad injury. Played a couple games this year, but hasn't been able to stay fully healthy, and they officially shut him down not too long ago. And now, I think it was four days ago on January 22nd, uh, Adrian Wojnarowski put out a story. I think Zach Lowe also backed it up as well from ESPN, saying that uh, Kawhi Leonard uh, and the San Antonio Spurs have a rift uh, that has appeared between the uh, the front office and the star forward. And now people have brought up the fact that, hey, maybe the San Antonio Spurs would trade Kawhi Leonard. So this isn't really will they or won't they, because I think the general consensus is no. they, they won't. Hell no. Um, but now it's really should they. And, and Ricky, we're going to you. Okay. 2K Ricky. What is the tinfoil hat saying? Um, should you this year? No. Next year? Let's talk about it. Oh, like why is that? You put it on the, the table? The only reason why I put it on the table for next year is because right now I feel like, first off, Pop is going to push off any drama rumors because he doesn't want that around the team. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. also I feel like next year could be the year if there really is a rift, then it's, you know what, the front office basically coming to the situation where it's like, well, do we want to try to fix it or do we want to try to get something out of him because he's probably going to decline his player op for 2019-2020. That's mm-hmm. why next year becomes well, interesting. And yeah. especially he's going he's, he's going to decline the player option just because he wants yeah. to make more money and he's, he's going to be able to make more money than 21 million. And if but, there's a rift, he's going to leave. Well, not even that. I was just going to say especially with this injury, mm-hmm. he's shown that his career can be taken away even if his body's not going to be breaking down, so he wants to maximize the money that he's going to be making. Yeah. So that's that's the main reason I'm going to be making. But really Let's bring up this rift because, mm-hmm. I mean, obviously, you know, we think they're not going to trade him because uh, he's a star player. You're mm-hmm. not going to get the value that you actually deserve for Kawhi Leonard, no matter what the situation is. And with Kawhi, I don't think this is a big rift. I think this is something that could be worked out. What I think it is is just more frustration. I feel Kawhi is probably like, hey, I can go, I can play. Yeah. And Pop is looking at this right now, and the Spurs just in general are looking at this as we are doing fine without you. You are not 100%. So we're just going to hold you off until you are 100 percent and you can be uh, you know, on the floor without us worrying if you're going to go down because you are our superstar. You are the face of our franchise from here on out. So we want to make sure that while we don't need you, you can become 100 percent. And I know they brought in tons of doctors to help him out. Yeah. Uh, Tony Parker had a similar injury and Tony uh, had a, a worse injury um, and he recovered quickly. So the whole thing is just like. I think Kawhi is frustrated that he's not recovering well enough, or at least well enough to their liking. I think Kawhi probably wants to be playing, and he's just frustrated in general, and he probably looks at the Spurs as holding him back. I don't think this is anything where he dislikes the Spurs front office. He just dislikes Pop. He wants to be out. Mm -hmm. This doesn't seem like Kawhi's demeanor. So I feel like overall this rift can be something that's mended, and I think that— you know, should they? No, because I think this you know this rift between Kawhi Leonard and San Antonio will be mended once he starts playing. Well, it- and I mean that's why I said like next year's the true question because mm-hmm. if there really is a rift, next year's when we're going to get the trade questions because of the player. Well, also the fact if they're shutting him down, when is he going to come back? Is he going to come back by this year's he- trade deadline? Probably not. Yeah. So I mean, like, yeah. and you can't trade a player who yes, mm-hmm. he's a superstar. We all know that. But you're going to you know, take his value. If you're not playing him right now and he has an injury, we don't know how he's going to come back. So you're, you really have no value, mm-hmm. at least the value, the true value of Kawhi Leonard right now, if you're going to trade him this year. So I agree that if a trade's going to happen, it's either going to be happening during the offseason or next year. Dave, do you think that they're going to trade him? Yeah, I, I think they honestly are. No, no, 
Fuck no, there's zero chance of them ever moving Kawhi Leonard. He is, he is locked into San Antonio for his life. That's the deal. Um, it's it's frustration with the training staff. It's frustration. That was the deal when he was drafted? Yeah. Like, you're here for life? Yeah. Put the yeah. soul in the he, box? He, was, he didn't have a soul coming in. I don't know if you watched him in college. <laughs> that boy would not have a soul. Um, it's, it's just, it's a 76ers level of, like, horrible training staff, just incidents put together mm-hmm. that has led to the situation. Like you said, it's frustration of similar players coming back quicker from similar injuries and he is still on the shelf. And when he came, he's like, we'll bring Kawhi back for a game. Oh, that didn't look so great. Let's, let's uh, uh, Maybe you're still hurt a little. Uh, mm-hmm. maybe, maybe again, let's try. No, 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 you're still sore. Okay, let's, let's, see, let's see what's going on. It's just mismanaging the situation. Are they overthinking it? I think, I think it's just the fact that he wants to play because he has it in him. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if he was correctly set up for a recovery path and the right timeline with the right mm-hmm. training, with the right recovery stuff for him in this situation. I feel like maybe that was mishandled. And that's where this frustration is coming from because now he's he does maybe feel a little bit like they are succeeding without me. How does this look for me? Because I was the guy who, with me, we could take down Golden State. That's where I left off at. And mm. now this team is going on track for, what, another 55-win year? Yeah. Like, nothing's ever changed because it's just San Antonio. Well, and the thing, too, is you look at LaMarcus Aldridge, and LaMarcus Aldridge finally coming out and looking like the player that they he, they wanted him they to be. They signed him. Yeah. yeah, when they signed him. And now Kawhi's probably like, well, you know, this team's clicking better than it was last year. I mean, this team this team has, you know, another star that I can work with. I'm not going to be carrying the load like yeah. I was last time. Now LaMarcus seems comfortable in the role, and him and Pop worked out things because him and Pop had uh, disagreements yeah. on how LaMarcus should be playing. Now Pop's just letting LaMarcus be LaMarcus. So yeah. now I think it's just Kawhi is just frustrated with the opportunity of not being out there. I think you bring up a great point, too. He wants to take down Golden State. He feels like that was taken away from him because in well, Game 1, they were up, and Zaza falls on his foot. Let me bring this up also because I was looking for this because I remembered hearing it, but now I have it in front of me. Mm-hmm. After the news had broke about, like, oh, there's a rift between Kawhi and the Spurs front office, Jalen Rose on first take said yeah. that Leonard wants to leave San Antonio, and he said the reason why is tenfold. One is they've been unable to attract elite-level, all-NBA-caliber free agents to come play with him. Here's the thing. You want to know what, and I know we talked about this earlier, I don't think this is going to happen for the Spurs, but you want to know what shuts that up? Hmm. Is if they get LeBron. That's how you solve it. You get LeBron to come to the Spurs. What yeah. are you smoking? If they, if they could pull that's that magic said, off. Does, does that sound like a San Antonio move? No. No, if, if but they can pull saying, that magic off, sure. But I mean, I, I think the point there kind of goes back to the core of it, of like, why are we giving Paul Gasol money? Why are we mm-hmm. giving all of these aging players money? And yes, they've, they've served their time with Pop. They've you know, done great in their career, but it kind of, it, it's the one splitting point where I feel like, and we always equate these two teams, it, pl- it's the Patriot way. for loyalty. It's the Patriot way and the San Antonio way, the two most successful franchises in sports in the last two decades. Mm-hmm. And you look back, you're like, the Patriots are known for knowing when talent has peaked and knowing to mm-hmm. get out and not pay them that extra contract. And I feel like Pop has given a lot of uh, money back to guys who have earned it under him. Mm-hmm. And Kawhi's like, dude, I'm I'm coming up. I'm prime. I want to keep going for championships. You can't re-sign Paul Gasol to another what fifteen million dollar contract. Like that is not helping us win games. You mm-hmm. have to set me up with somebody who works with me. Lamarcus Aldridge doesn't work with me. And you watched that, and they haven't jived. And that's why I think another thing he wants to get back to is because like, look, if they don't have time to get together before playoffs this season, it could be another shit show. And that's. Mm-hmm. Like I get it, but yeah, it, it's where are they doing? Where are they spend their money, and does it line up with his best interest? 
And there's a legitimate question there. Well, and the one thing, too, before we get to that question is, is I think the, the other final thing that uh, annoyed Kawhi, too, is you look at January, and it looked like January was finally coming back. And you look at that last game that he played against Denver, he was able to at least show flashes of old Kawhi, put up 28 <laughs> points, got to the line 11 times, went 9-11 from the field, was efficient from the field as well, really didn't get that three down when he was back in there. But, again, he was looking like the old Kawhi, and I feel like it's just you know deflating mm-hmm. when you go into that situation, you start getting healthy, you start finally having the game that you feel like you could probably put on night in, night out, and then they're like, "All right, we're shutting you down." Mm-hmm. I think that's just something that's, that's too. But let's go to the at least the at least the thing that Dave is bringing up, and let's talk about the stars and, and at least the the you know the whole uh, system of San Antonio. I feel like if you're in that system, and Kawhi, who's been in that system since 2011, 2012, uh, whenever he was drafted. Mm-hmm. Um, you kind of understand the system, and, and and you you really start to stop questioning moves at some point. And you know, I, I think obviously the biggest head scratcher is bringing in Paul Gasol, who gets three years, thirty eight mil. But the thing is, is that you look at Paul Gasol and you look at the defense when Paul Gasol's in there, an old man playing center who is not known for his defense, hasn't been known for his defense in years. Yep. This team is still super efficient defensively with Paul Gasol mm-hmm. in there, and, and they look great. And I think it's just something where you got to stop questioning the system. And I feel like Kawhi isn't the guy to really step that boundary and start questioning the system. I feel like he might get upset seeing you know Paul George, Carmelo Anthony come over to OKC with Russ and be like, "Hey, where's my help?" You see Kevin Durant go to Golden State. Mm-hmm. You see uh, Kyrie Irving get his what he wants and go to Boston. I feel like obviously that is a factor, but then again, I feel like if you're in San Antonio, you understand the system, you are going to be okay with the moves that Pop's making because, again, this franchise has been so successful under him. Here's the question I'm going to ask because last year, like everyone can go back to last year, like Dave said, like, oh, you know, like the point that I left off was with me, we could have taken down the Warriors. Mm-hmm. That Spurs team was playing a lot better last year. Than they are this year. They were a 61 win team. They also had Kawhi Leonard. I know. This year, Kawhi's been injured, hasn't been out there. But also, this is a team where I haven't really seen the same. And you could say it's just because Kawhi isn't out there. But really, if Kawhi is out there, I still think that this is a race between the Warriors and the Rockets in the end this year. It's just what my eyes are telling me but this year. We were saying that last year too. Yeah, and then yeah. the Spurs come out of nowhere. Mm-hmm. Not out of nowhere, but like they do come out and they but and they, they, they handle a way it to make the matchups work what, for them, and they handle it well in the postseason. Do you think it's an issue where Kawhi's also looking at going? Hey, you know what? This team's a year older. We're probably not going to get another chance like we did last year yet again. How do we do that? Get younger talent in here, not but keeping around let's, Tony Parker at the end of the year. A mono Ginobili. Let's bring this up because now Tony Parker is now on the bench. Mm-hmm. And now we see Dejounte Murray check into the the point guard position, starting point guard position. David Nice Boy uh, yep. back in that draft, and we loved him. I, yeah. I, he, he seemed like a Spurs kid. I think I mocked him to the Spurs. It was one of my he first did. mocks too. Yep. I, I'm, I'm proud our, of that pick. He was he our pre Malcolm Brogdon award winner. He was my sleeper. <laughs> I love that kid. And Dejounte Murray's been absolutely fantastic in the starting lineup for the San Antonio Spurs. Yeah, recently he's starting been, lineup. Rec- the, the, the recently. Recently, he's been good. Yeah, and, and again, he's 21 years old. The best so part is he knows about, his limitations. Well, and if we're he's talking, not jacking up threes. Well, and if we're talking about young players, Dejounte Murray defensively looks like oh. he could he could be a guy that can switch and help you when you're going up against the San Antonio yeah. Spurs. And offensively, if you have Lamarcus Aldridge clicking and you have Kawhi Leonard clicking, clicking when healthy. Then Dejounte Murray doesn't need to do that much offensively. Mm-hmm. So again, I think the young talent is there, and again, I think it's about trusting the the, the, the system. Yeah. I'm not gonna say process because I think that's yeah. copyright infringement. Yeah, but <laughs> at least with that, 
I think that Kawhi, again, isn't a guy that's going to overstep that boundary. And I don't think this is a thing where they should trade Kawhi Leonard because there's really no reason to quit, trade Kawhi Leonard because if you're trusting the system, Kawhi is the guy, the cog, that's going to move this whole machine when he comes back and he's mm-hmm. healthy. And you just want to make sure that cog is healthy and it's going to be working at 100%. This guy is pretty much a robot as it is. Plugging him in at 100% is going to make that sp- cog spin faster. You're going to see DeJounte Murray look even better because yeah. Kawhi is going to be able to take more of a load. And then also LaMarcus Aldridge, if Aldridge is able to do his thing like he's been doing this year, you're going to see him and Kawhi, I think, at least work together or at least work off of each other in, in different ways. Maybe not together, but at least off of each other in the right. same lineup, uh, along with DeJounte Murray, Danny Green, and then Tony Parker coming off the bench. I feel like it's just something where... Just let it happen. Trust what's going on, and you're going to get healthy at some point, Kawhi. See, I look at it. I'm looking at the contracts right now, and I kind of feel like the thing of if the Spurs wanted to get somebody big mm-hmm. in free agency, they might have shot themselves in the foot this year because oh, it's time. like the only big contract you have coming up this year is Tony Parker, Danny Green, right. and I, he's ten mil. Danny Green player op. Yeah, but he's going to decline that player up. He's okay, get more so money. There you so you're go. going to have to pay Another Danny Green more money. The one contract I look at, and this is the one I want to ask you guys about, you feeling confident in uh, that re-signing a Penny Mill still? Because I look at that and I go, wow, that's some money that I would probably spend elsewhere than uh, Patty Mills. It, on its own, it's not a bad deal, but in the team's state, I don't necessarily agree with it. The problem For was 9.7 a night. In 24.3 minutes a game? The problem is he was put into a great role during the end of the year last year, and he went out on a high note, and he looked like the one of the potential best six men in the league mm-hmm. uh, when he when the season ended. So there there was reason to buy a high. And, and the value there, I mean, at 10, 12, 13 million, not awful with the CBA going the way it's going. The problem is, is locking into that price for that many years on this team and its current state, like, it's that plus the Gasol country. It's that plus the other contracts mm-hmm. that make it bad. On its own, it's not a bad signing. Well, that's what I'm saying this, because it's like within their system, it might not be the best. Like, could you imagine <laughs> if you had both the Mills contract and the Parker contract coming up this year? Yeah, like that would be great. But it's like, oh, we got the Tony Parker, we got the Danny Green. Oh yeah, but we're still stuck with that Mills contract. Yeah, yeah but you're not, you don't want to get rid of Danny Green. Danny Green right Danny now has been a great. This two is for one you. of those better years. No, but actually. I'm just saying but for the yeah, money. Yeah. The money well, is coming out. It's a player out. contract. That's yeah. why. And, but but, but I, I agree. The money <laughs> is not going to be there. I think the biggest the, the biggest faux pas that they did was resigning Paul Gasol for 16 million for three years. That's the biggest mistake they made. And again, right now it, it's not like Paul's been playing terribly. It's not like Paul has been a detriment mm-hmm. to this team. And, and it's obviously helped with Kawhi but, being yeah. out. But it's going to hurt them when he's 39, 40, making this money. We're assuming he's going to retire at some point and they're going to stretch it. But at the same time, it's still like, that's, that's still, still like, dead money. Yeah, it's still like, you know, uh, however much money you're going to have to yeah. stretch that out for. It's still money that you're losing and not being able to put towards contract. Kind of like how they're paying but, uh, Timmy D 1.8 in dead cap just yeah, for this year and next year. But, yeah. but also the thing that I, I want to go to that's is what I'm now. Saying. We're going to yeah. stretch it out. And one thing that I want to go to now is. We, I mean, really, who would they be bringing in? Who would they be looking to to bring in? It's not like this is the San Antonio Spurs. They're not going to go out and get LeBron James. I know, yeah. I know you threw that out there, but that's not. I a, just that's, threw it yeah, out there. I know, I know you did, but I'm just saying, like, that's not a move that they would make. Right. You know, Paul George. I don't think that's a move that they're going to go and make. Like, that doesn't seem like they're going to go out and give a max deal to a player. Mm-hmm. I mean, they did it once to Lamarcus, but outside of that, and even that, it's usually homegrown talent. I'm telling you, I, if I, I'm going full 2K on this, but like, I don't think the pairing of 
Kawhi and um, LaMarcus Aldridge works. I, I just don't buy on it yet. It hasn't clicked yet. I don't think it will. I think they well, play... technically we haven't seen it work this year. I mean, we haven't, we haven't had the yeah. chance to see it work this year. True. Maybe this year would be different. Maybe it would be different. I, I, up to this point, I feel like that is a bad pairing. And mm-hmm. I think that if they had the opportunity to move Aldridge, they would have or should have done that. Like, if you can get a deal where you swap Aldridge plus for another player on his level, you know, that just outside all-star range, who might be a better fit for this team. Possibly could be an all-star. Could be an all-star, yeah. Probably and that's the thing. Yeah. Um, like, that would be a great deal to take. Like I and I know he's been carrying this team this year, and I no disrespect to him. It's just the fit with Kawhi is the thing that I bring in question because, like you said, it's like what can you add? Danny Green's been a great three and D player for the majority of his career. You've got Tony Parker, who's been slick as all hell as the point guard for his entire life. Uh, Patty Mills, like I said, great six man. Dejounte developing so point guard. You seem to have a future locked in. You have Dejounte being now the starter. Tony Parker bench and Patty Mills coming off and kind of soaking that one and two guard combo and that's the thing it's like do you want to go out and get yourself a star point guard a star shooting guard to take over maybe maybe not but maybe filling a role at center getting rid of gasol well, I'll, I'll take a gasol for gasol deal well i mean I'll, <laughs> gasol for gasol the, do it thing again. That, the thing that i'm looking at is like you said <laughs> the two positions i looked at point guards and shooting guards i'm yeah. looking at hoops hype of who could technically be free agents First one on there is Chris Paul. I think he stays with the Rockets. Not yeah. a question. Yeah, it seems IT. Like a good fit do you want to bring in an IT if he hits free agency? No. Is that a deal you want not to make? Not with this injury, not unless he looks especially yeah. what thirty-one years old you like, or thirty bro- years old. Hold on, real quick. I, I just want to. I, threw mm-hmm. the, I think I threw this out on on Twitter. Or I, it was it was the article that I was going to type up about my joke of how to fix the Cleveland Cavaliers. Mm-hmm. Um, Remember when we were shit talking giving IT a max contract when his uh, contract yeah. came out? Because if he gets injured or when he's mm-hmm. 30 years old, his athleticism is going to run out and he's not going to be mm-hmm. the same player. I just want to say, haha, Boston Celtics fans, you were yelling at us back then. We were right. So <laughs> next one down, Alfred Payton. Hilariously. Yeah, but he's no. restricted. So. Then you have Tony Parker, Jay Lynn. Rondo would probably be the best bet if he was there. Rondo but that's would be an not, interesting fit. But that's not like a, we're mm-hmm. hitting a home run point in guard. free agency. Well, that's well a, I mean, if yeah. they let Tony walk. No, they well, they're, they're bought in on uh, Dejounte. Like yeah. DJ's their boy now. But yeah, like, and then Patty. Well, then Patty Mills is backup. Yeah, they and, just signed him. And then, just trashed on the contract. And then, like, if you look at the shooting guards, it's Avery Bradley. That's the one that it's um, basically a. I don't want a side grade to Danny Green. Like I don't yeah, think it, very similar. But it's to Danny not Green. sexy. It's not like that. Yeah. You're getting LeBron. No, well, you're that's, getting a, that's a Spurs move. <laughs> yeah, Levine. I think he stays with the Bulls. Then it's like D Wade. No. You got Tyreek Evans. Reek, who could go anywhere? That's you know, a problem. Yeah. You know who'd be an interesting one? I mean, Marcus Smart's technically above him, but Lou will if he can't get an extension from the Clippers. If anything's not worked out, then it's free agency. What what is this team then missing again, to compete? That's what you have to ask: mm-hmm. is what what do they need to help match you, up against the Warriors and the Rockets? I would say a scoring I think that's a, option at the one or the two. But I think that's well. Right now, it looks like the one's going to be Dejounte for yeah. for the rest of the season, and then for the rest of the season, probably no, the rest for of next his, year. For his contract. Yeah. But then also uh, looking at Patty Mills, I mean, it's, it feels like their their one is set, and then with the two. I feel like they're going to go with more of that defenders because when they're going up against Golden State, a line I great Brandon Paul can't bring it down at the two for you. (laughs) Great job. Um, (laughs) But the thing is, is when you're going up against Golden State and you're going up against Houston, you want to have defenders that can switch and move. 
So I think you're probably going to go with a Danny Green or an Avery Bradley mm-hmm. because it's going to be the best for the system. It's not going to be sexy. You don't need a sexy pick, though. And then the three, you're obviously set with Kawhi Leonard. Then it's really the four and five that you're looking at, and really mm-hmm. the only sexy move that you can move or make is probably DeMarcus Cousins. And, and, and Boogie's going to be a free agent, and I don't know if that's really a San Antonio move. It doesn't scream like a San Antonio. Yeah. yeah, it doesn't seem like a San Antonio fit there with his personality. But <laughs> hey, if Pop is able to work with him and Pop is able to at least boogie, you know, let Boogie be Boogie, Kawhi Leonard, DeMarcus Aldridge, and DeMarcus Cousins sounds like a damn good big three if you're if you're mm-hmm. asking me. So, well, and it all comes back to. The original quote that I came from with Jalen Rose oh, is that was that was shocking. No, no, no. Just the just the part of elite all NBA caliber talent. I'm not seeing that from any of the guys that we listed, like no, free agents that we were like, yeah, I could see him signing with this team. Besides Boogie, no, I'm not. Yeah, that, that's Chris, hella disrespectful. Chris son. Paul too. Yeah, I said <laughs> he's <laughs> going back to the Rockets. Though. Well, the, but, I said but the, the whole, whole thing, thing is would that, sign with the Spurs. But the whole thing is one Jalen Rose. I, I like Jalen Rose. He's a fun guy to listen to. But, like, mm-hmm. just because Jalen Rose says one thing, no, no, I don't really I say, care. Take it with a grain of salt. Take it with how you want it. But if but, that's true. But what I'm saying, that's but the that part goes back to the out. whole system thing. If yeah. Kawhi is truly bought in the system mm-hmm. and he knows the way the Spurs operate, he's not going to expect an elite-level player. He's not going to expect a boogie. He's not going to expect a Chris Paul. He's not going to expect a LeBron James. He's not going to expect a Paul George. What? He is going to expect a team that is going to work mm-hmm. well and be a well-oiled machine. Let me play this. Devil's advocate, kind of like you did with the Bucks segment, because yeah. we don't know how Giannis was thinking. What if Kawhi's sitting there going, we're seeing it with the Warriors— the Rockets have done it. The Cavs are trying to do it. We see all these teams trying to recruit and bring on. What if the system is? Uh, it's aged. It's too old. This is still winning work games. At, this is still gonna, going to the Western Conference this Finals. This system is not going to win Maybe. us a championship. What if he's? What if he's had that thought? What if he's saying, if we don't start, if I don't start being a recruiter and we start bringing in guys, okay. this system will not win then, in this NBA. Then what is what the if? best fit for him? Then, then where is the best fit? Like, what if you're if put if your he's sub- demanding a trade put to your, a team? Put oh, yourself, no, I'm not saying yeah. demanding no, a trade. No, I'm okay, saying point, bringing point, in. Point. Stop! Don't listen to Dave. <laughs> um, put yourself in Kawhi Leonard's shoes, both okay. of you. Yeah. Where would be the place that is better than San Antonio? The consistent playoff uh, contender, consistently deep in the playoffs, consistently at the top of the Western Conference, in the top four, in the top three, in the top two, consistently up there. Put yourself in Kawhi Leonard's shoes, and where are you going to be consistently up there to be fighting for a championship? It's not like they're the favorites, but they're damn well competing for a championship. Where is a place out there that is an actual fit that can take on his contract and also re-sign him and give him the money that he deserves? Houston. What if they get LeBron? No, I'm saying like, if, they, the if they don't get LeBron, like if you're going to go and get LeBron, yeah. you can pay for Kawhi Leonard. Let's be honest. This is a situation they don't get LeBron. LeBron goes to L.A. How are you going to work the contract? Kawhi though? could go there. What do you mean? Because Harden is, is currently on a max contract. Chris Paul is coming up, so he's going to have to sign for a max contract because you're not going to get Chris Paul for less than and that. The player's sensation not doing that. Ryan Anderson is still going to be under contract when Kawhi Leonard is going to be need, need to be resigned. Same as Eric Gordon as well. Um, and PJ Tucker, right there. It's that the all same. Combines. All I would say, without getting into too much of it, because the contracts is where I start. Yeah. My head starts hurting. However, if it'd be the same way you'd sign LeBron, except it's Kawhi. Like if you're moves if, would be made. Yeah, if you're going like <laughs> if you're also, seriously but, but going also, to bring on LeBron with but CP3, the difference, you can do it but, with Kawhi. But the difference is LeBron's going to be a free agent this year. No, I know. Kawhi is. I'm going, saying, Kawhi has one more year to do that. Yeah. 
I'm and that's going to be that's going to be a year older of mm-hmm. Chris Paul. So what are you going to do that year if you're if you're Houston? Houston's expecting to make a move. If LeBron James is out there next, this uh, no, this upcoming this year, is, I'm going to go get LeBron James and not wait for Kawhi Leonard because Kawhi Leonard's out of certain that he's coming to Houston. And I'm just going at the base question of you said of what team would put you? Houston's the one I think of, and he could fit in because if you're going for LeBron, you need us. You're putting him at the small forward. You could put Kawhi there. Okay. So is there any other team? Any other team off the top of my head? You're not going to go to any Eastern Conference team. Boston oh, doesn't need you. I, I would say go for the, like the Raptors or something. That one would just be a fun fit. They'd have to trade their youth off their bench probably to mm-hmm. get you there. Or get rid of Lowry. Oh, yeah. Yeah, they could do that too. Um, it's just like that would be an GD. interesting fit. That's, that's all I'm saying. Is yeah. You would have a, basically the East. We're mm-hmm. assuming if LeBron leaves the East, the East is up for grabs between mm-hmm. Boston, yourselves, mm-hmm. and wildcard teams coming in. So, eh. Mm, no, never mind. I was gonna the Wizards, say, yeah, no, well, they're I, fucked with contracts. No, no, already. what I was gonna say, if the because there's the drama now with John Wall, there's no the, drama there. If the Beal Wall, he called JJ Barea no, no, no. A, a little person, <laughs> and then JJ Barea came back and said that his teammates don't like what, him. There's no drama. There. What I'm saying is, <laughs> if they great. ever get rid of uh, Beal, is the one I would think of. If they yeah. ever break that up, but then I'm like, oh yeah, that's right, they overpaid for Otto Porter, so there's that. I don't know about overpaid. Well, I mean, he, let's put it this way. He's there and Kawhi. You, okay. You'd I would rather, rather have Kawhi. Kawhi you, yeah, you go auto porter for Kawhi no and a deal. No one's disagreeing. Yes. Yeah. Uh, I just, I, I don't I don't see Kawhi leaving. I, again, no. Kawhi is consistently going to be there. Lifer. Pop is just going to move into a front office space when he moves. Uh, who were we talking about? Messina. Uh, Messina's going to just take over as mm-hmm. a head coach. And it's just going to be the well-oiled machine that we've seen. It's not going to change. I don't see a reason why Kawhi would move. Because no. guess what? The Warriors gonna break down. Steph's gonna get older, he's gonna get more injured. Kevin Durant is not gonna be taking cheapo contracts still. Also, speaking of, he's a free agent after this year. He's not destined and locked to stay with Golden State. Easiest if he wants road. to get paid, he can get paid. Remember? Yeah. What's that? <laughs> easiest road. Oh, easiest road. <laughs> he can go easiest road and join Team LeBron on the All-Star team. Yeah. Uh but again, what I'm saying is that. These teams around them are going to break down. Chris Paul's going to get older. James' contract is going to be paying get paid thirty seven million uh, in two years, and that contract is going to keep going up and up for the rest of that contract. I just feel like those teams are going to break down, and the teams that won't, even though Paul Gasol and Marcus Aldridge, well, that's the question. Dinosaurs is Kawhi you're going to have DJ and Kawhi, and then what else? Who, who else are your young guys on the team? Who's your up and coming prospect? Don't you trust Greg Popovich to draft? Well, I mean, look, he got he has to, so he got Dejounte Murray. He got Danny Green. He's gotten Manu Ginobili. He's gotten Tony Parker. Yes. Tim Duncan fell in his lap. Same with the Admiral as well. And Admiral was uh, before his time. Yeah. Uh, but at least you know he's been able to draft those players before. If there's anyone I trust to draft and bring in young players, it's Greg Popovich. We look at it last year too. We see uh, uh, Deadman be a great player for them. Picked up him off the scrap heap. Jonathan Simmons, Jay same Simmons, thing as yeah. well. He's been garbage out in Orlando. But <laughs> That's more again, of an Orlando problem. Again, he's been able to find these prospects. If there's anyone I trust to do that, it's going to be Greg Popovich. I say Davis Bertrands. I mean, same thing. Yeah. Random guy. Just I think he, I think he actually came in that quad trade. He might have. If I remember correctly. I don't, I don't even it know. It was George Hill uh, for that 15th pick, and then uh, two uh, rights of a player. I think Bertrands was one of them. I don't know. He, anyway. he's, he's not looked bad. That's, that's if, just the thing. He, he does find interesting, but they're role players. He finds great role players. He has well, not hit on a star. Kawhi has been the one who he elevated to a star. Yes, Tony Parker, was, he, I would argue, is, yeah, okay. Tony and Mono is hard to say no. Those are stars. Yeah. 
Yeah, Dad Leonard is a star. After saying things out loud, I sound like an idiot. I understand that. And again, you don't need a star every single year. No, you just need them intermittently. And hey, that's what I was asking for. Star talent. He might have just hit a star in Dejounte Murray. We don't know. This kid's only 21 years old and looking fantastic in his second year, finally getting playing time. So again, these stars can come. You're still going to have three stars if Dejounte Murray turns into a star. You have three stars there: Murray, Kawhi, and Lamarcus Aldridge. And again, I still trust that process, and, and I still trust that system. In Greg Popovich and Spurs. Final thoughts for the podcast and Kawhi Leonard. Uh, just my final thoughts are if there's going to be a trade, we'll see it next year, not this year. I agree. Uh, I don't think there's a trade because it's the Spurs. Well, if there is a trade, though. I, yeah. I agree. It's not I'm just going to say no. The big IF. I'm just saying no. I, I don't think you I, – I think it, Kawhi Leonard would be stupid to leave San Antonio. I'll, I'll say that. I think he'd be absolutely stupid. If Pop get, leaves, would he leave? That's the question. Maybe. Maybe, but I don't think Pop's leaving. I think he's just going to move up to a GM spot or a higher-up spot, at least uh, yeah. in that Present organization. operations, something, something like that. Like that. Uh, but anyways, uh, that, I don't think I don't think Kawhi's leaving. I think he'd be stupid to leave because yeah. you're going to get Supermax. You're going to see tel- <laughs> talent develop around. You're going to be a star of that team. Anyways, big shout-out to you guys. You guys rock. Dave Oster, Ricky Wimmer, Sean Anderson. Again, check out patreon.com slash mostviablepodcast for that to the intro. Also, check out mostviablepodcast.com. Mm-hmm. You can check out our store and our updated website. And also, don't forget to rate us five stars on iTunes over at uh, the Fast Break Podcast, Rick and Johnny Podcast, Onside Kick, and the Primetime Podcast. Big shout-out as well to everyone who listens at home. We, we love you guys. We'll be back next week with more Fast Break Podcast. Thank you for listening to this MVP podcast. Follow us on Twitter at Most Valuable Pod for more great podcasts.